Yo, you know how to space, space. Shout out to man in his podcast. Shout out Squint. Shout out Cody. Bitch, Squint and Cody still locked in like Shaq and Kobe. They can't hold me. Waited that space like I feel it like Brody. Talk with Lee, huh? They can't stop me on my team, huh? We all gleam, huh? We make it happen. They got to the dream, huh? Squint and Cody still locked in like Shaq and Kobe. They can't hold me. Waited that space like I feel it like Brody. Talk with Lee, huh? They can't stop me on my team, huh? We all gleam, huh? We make it happen. Yeah. They got to the dream. Huh? Meanie, meanie, money, money. Catch your thotty by her toe. If she say she don't listen to the podcast, I let her go. If she say she do, to see a motherfucking keep a grim reaper killing beast without the effort, cause I'm eat good. Came from the bottom, so jump from the top rope. My head is mad, how I'm spitting the scout flow. I'm on my game, running up for that pop flow. We want a green second cheese, just like nachos, huh? Say, let me breathe for a second, huh? I'll be ballin' hawk out in these threes, like I'm reffin', huh? Squints and Cody, still locked in like Shaq and Kobe. They can't hold me, waited that spells like I feel it like Brody. Talk with Lee, huh? They can't stop me on my team, huh? We all gleam, huh? We make it happen, they got to the dream, huh? Squints and Cody, still locked in like Shaq and Kobe. They can't hold me, waited that spells like I feel it like Brody. Talk with Lee, huh? They can't stop me on my team, huh? We all gleam, huh? We make it happen, they got to the dream. What's up, you guys? It's your boy Squints here with another episode of Only Mutuals with a very special guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I never know how to do this. Uh, my name's Cameron. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Cameron Hawkins. I do stuff. That's the exact same intro you did last time. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, you know, I'm Cam, you know. But what, what I really want to touch on, like, right off the bat is the ringer. You just yeah. did an incredible piece with uh, Dex Harwood. Like, yeah, yeah. How did that um, go about? Oh, no, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, how did that go about? That's all I was asking. Uh, so really, we were looking at... Um, I wanted to talk to Dex really right when I started, man. Um. My first articles was with Rick. Everybody knows Rick and I are friends. Uh, but Rick put me on with a guy named Danny when he found out that, like, the publication I was doing it under, right? So Danny was like, you know, we got along great. He sits in on the interviews just to make sure nobody says anything crazy, right? Uh, but right after the Rick thing, I reached out to him. I was like, yo, I'd really like to talk to Dax Harwood because He's had this really incredible year, like in ring, especially with his single stuff. Like we all know how good of a tag team wrestler he is, but his single stuff, like it really caught my eye, like even in matches that he wasn't winning. So I hit Danny. And then as we got closer and closer to uh, Grand Slam, they, you know, companies look to put their talent in different publications, do different media things. And so he thought of me and, you know, we got with Dax that same week. Um, had, had a really good conversation, man. He sat there, he's, he's drinking his whiskey. Um, and it's like a, it's like a Sunday afternoon, I think. Um, no, it was like a Friday. Cause it's before I left for LA. So we just sit there and talk for like an hour, man. He was a super open book. Um, realized how much we had in common being, you know, about the same age. He's like a year older than me. We were in college at the same time. And so we had a lot of stuff that we could relate to with each other. And yeah, man, it just came together and, with Rick, 
you know, Rick is not elusive, but he is, he's an artist. He's music guy. He's fashion guy. He's like, go to the museum and look at art guy. And so I thought you had to present that a certain way, but Dax is real, like down home, salt of the earth. I want to tell you about my family. I want to tell you about my wife. I want to tell you about my upbringing. And so it was just writing something different. It was not like a biography, but what you're getting in the ring for the last six, seven, eight months, this is where that comes from, you know? So yeah, man, it was just a salute to Dax, salute to Danny for, for being such uh, open books and being available. But yeah, man, it was just, um, he wanted to talk and it, and it worked out. It was great. I had a great time doing it. Yeah. My, uh, I, right after that, I hit you up and I was like, good work. That was amazing and all that. And my favorite thing about you is, is you drive in everyone's head never give up and like you told me you're like look at this this is years of hard work and yeah you, you and that's that. like I try not to it's hard to talk about success without it seem like bragging but what I did um when I hit you up um I hit my man Jeff up and a couple of other people and I literally like pretty much said the same thing I was like, yo, 14 years, 14 years, 14 years. Like, this is not an overnight thing. This is a culmination of a lot of work. And so, like, with you, like, I see you working. You know, we, we, we talk about the stuff we do. And the cool thing about you is you're not afraid to reach out and, like, ask questions and ask for advice. And so I, I was like, I, I wanted to hit you and just let you know, like, look, this thing can happen if you want it to happen, but it's not overnight. This is literally the summation of all that stuff. So yeah, man, it's um, like, I hate when people are like, uh, they're like, you know, they say they're going to put you on game or they're trying to like big bro, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like, no, nah, I don't try to do none of that. I literally want you to see this is how stuff comes together. Yeah. So yeah, it was, um, I'm glad I got to have a thing to show you and show a couple of other people that, you know, the thing you want can just happen for sure. And then you started, or yeah, you started, or was it a compilation of other people? The, the C2HQ thing. Yeah. C2HQ. It was, it was originally my idea. Um, and, and it was really like, you know, you absolutely helped like with that and a couple of other people, because what happens is all of a sudden when, and this isn't you, cause you, we have been talking for months and months and months, but when you all of a sudden, they can put a name to the thing you do, or they can see you under a specific banner. That's when a lot of people are like, Hey, how do I make that happen? Hey, you know, how do I get there? Hey, how do I get seen and all that kind of stuff. And so it was like, look, I can't do this by myself, man. Ain't but so many hours in a day. So I reached out to like five or six people who, one, I think are really good at what they do. Two, I think have always been willing to impart advice and advice and help people. And three, like kind of get along with everybody or not everybody, but get along with different pockets of like this work. And so, yeah, um, we put together the C2HQ. Um, you know, we're in a Slack daily talking about different people's work. It's taking a little bit longer to get off the ground just because I happen to do this thing during like right when Comic-Con is happening and right when pay-per-views are happening. So like the people looking at the work are working, right? But 
Um, we got into a couple of the early projects, and so we're working on getting through that. But yeah, um, nobody and my, my man uh, Shaggy came to the crib to watch uh, Extreme Rules and some college football on Saturday night, and we had a long conversation about it. Just like nobody was telling me how to do this. Nobody told me how to podcast. Nobody told me um, how to write. Nobody told me how to stream. I had to figure it out. And definitely nobody told me for free. And I was like, yo, like literally what we're trying to create, like we want this thing to exist past us doing it. Like I want content to keep, I want content to thrive. I want wrestling content to thrive. I want cool people to talk about the stuff that I do um or stuff that i watch stuff i'm into you know what i mean so yeah it was just like why not help people at least you know head in the right direction in what they're trying to do and let it go from there for sure and then do you want to let the listeners know who's all part of it uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna forget some names right um of course my man will washington from fightful molly bell from fightful sean radican pw torch uh, Lauren Moran, artist, True God Immortal, uh, immortal recording artist. Uh, shit, my man Phil, uh, Phil's last name. Uh, my man Phil from The Ringer, who also writes on the wrestling side, is over there. Um, and a couple of other people, man. Like, like a lot of people who've been doing really good work for a very long time are involved. Um, and all just willing to help, man. It's... Uh, Super exciting uh, to have that many people from various parts of the community want to see other people thrive. So yeah, it was, it was, I'm glad I reached out to him and I, and I love that more people said, Hey, I want to help. Hey, can I help with this? This is a good idea. So yeah, just uh, giving back, man. And of course, as, as I see, she logs in my girl, lovely as well. Um, content creator, merch creator. Um, so yeah, just a big group of folks um, coming together, try to help people out. Cause so many people in this are just for self and there are so many people who just don't even think about wanting this stuff to continue and wanting people to thrive. So yeah, man, just a way to get your stuff seen um, by, by people who do it, give you some pointers, give you some advice, make a few contacts and hopefully, you know, if you're good, you know, help you get to where you need to go. My favorite thing. One of my favorite things about you is anytime I like, yes, I have a late night rant online about like, dude, that isn't professional. Yeah. I'll wake up that next morning and you'll be like, hey, bro, you got to delete this. Hey, bro, that ain't meant for the timeline. Yeah. I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> like, because what's difficult, like, so it's not just these two, but I, I kind of tend to think long-term. I have an idea about my trajectory, right? So whenever, like, somebody would make a tweet about like Naomi and of course Naomi's super attractive woman right Bianca Belair super attractive woman right but you know they would be like talking about their bodies and making like a sexual con uh, comment and they would kind of like nudge me along like what you think Cam what you think Cam what you think Cam and in my mind I'm like the way things are going, and this is like two years ago, I said, the way things are going, I'm going to be in the same rooms and having the same conversations with them and their husbands. So I can't make the same jokes, right? 
and lo and behold, I'm at Wale Mania last year taking tequila shots with Montez Ford. You know what I mean? And so you don't want, and Jordan Grace, like who I consider like a friend, right? Um, when I was at Wale Mania, I, I met um, I met Gresham, right? And so, and, and even when I joked around about her, it was always like super light. You know what I'm saying? Like the milk jokes, right? But like, I was just in my head, like over the last couple of years, it's like, look, you're going to be in these people's vicinity and you don't know, like one, you don't know how the woman's going to take it. Two, you don't know how the husband's going to take it. And so one, you don't want to make people uncomfortable. Two, you don't want to get your ass kicked. And three, like you don't want your ability to create to be cut off because you were saying slick shit, right? So yeah, it was just like, and it's, it's of course not just you, but I pull people aside a lot. I'm like, look, if you trying to be in these circles, you want to be in these rooms, you got to pull back what you're saying about these people if you want to create with them. And like I told you about who you were talking about, you might not really like them, but like you are, you're going to be in the room with their cousins, their brothers, their coworkers, their tag team partners, somebody who's fond of them. And you're going to have to answer for it. Like I get lucky because like, I've absolutely made my share of Chris Jericho jokes, right? But the thing about it is Chris Jericho is old enough. And when I say old, I mean like tenure, right? He's old enough to where like, even if he's working with Daniel Garcia, me and Garcia are still good, right? Like that, that doesn't change. But somebody who was like, a contemporary like you were talking about it's like yeah look look gotta pull back like you can't you know regardless of how you feel like you might not want to say that and i don't think that's like being fake i think that's like protecting your job you know what i mean like a lot of people forget like doing it for the love is great but at the end of the day you are doing this as either a gig or career right and with any job or career look if you work at mcdonald's right like you're not just going to shit on Burger King because you don't work there. Because you might need to flip something over there. You know what I'm saying? That don't make you fake. That makes you protective of what you're making. And, and so, yeah, it, it's, um, you know, I have made a lot of, I wouldn't say mistakes, but faux pas are there. So if I don't got to watch somebody else do it, I'm going to encourage you not to do it. No, definitely. And it's what, like, I tell people too, because not even just with content creation and all that, but like going back to the McDonald's and Burger King thing, you said the last thing I do, I don't mention my employer's name on any social media just because yeah. I'll be complaining about my job. And I don't want like another future employer seeing it and being like, oh, wow, he's talking about us online. And like I, I, get, I got on the kids at my old job about it because they would be like, they'd be posting on Snapchat, Facebook and all that, like, oh, F this place, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hey, uh-huh. hey, you can't be doing that because like, let's say boss man finds that you're like, it's just, I don't know. And like, I'm bad about it, but like, like you said, like, I want to try to help people learn from their, mis- learn from my mistakes. Yeah. And it's weird. Like what's unique in my situation is like my professional job is like at a college. Right. And like, you can kind of say whatever you want, <laughs> like not whatever you want, but like 
it, it just, it gets into, you know, my career is like super liberal as an institution, right? And so you can be a little loose and like, they're not going to be like, yo, you was joking about sex and drugs on social media. It's like, nah, it's, but, 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 but I also understand that like with that job, I'm a small cog in the machine, right? Like they not, they're not looking to see if Cameron is, is always properly represented. Like, no, they're not worried about all that. Like it's, you're allowed to be a bit more outspoken, but in this thing, like you, number one, you work for you. And so like, I got to send out a certain amount of emails every month to wrestlers and managers and former personalities about stuff I want to do. And so I don't want them to click on Seahawk and be like, oh, he was shitting all over, blah, 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 blah. Not doing nothing with that guy. And so, yeah, like, like with this thing, um, and with all jobs, you should be protective. But like, I am in a weird position where I'm under more scrutiny with this than I am with the other thing. So, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, because there's been times where I've sent like emails or DMs to people mm -hmm. I want to have on. And then I'm like, man, I think I might've said something about a partner of theirs or a coworker mm -hmm. of theirs. And I'm like, man, maybe Seahawk was right. Maybe I shouldn't be watching what I said. <laughs> for the most part, like, unless it's something really, if you're talking about their ability to do their job, like that can be more difficult than when you talk about what happens outside of that. Like they tend to understand that the people you work with aren't always going to have your ideals, aren't always going to say the things that you say, but you know, we're, we're allowed to feel different, but ooh, you can't, you can't really say somebody they like is trash in the ring. <laughs> you can't. That you can't do. And I think I've noticed I've done less of like this person is bad at their job. That person's promo is bad. Like I try to stay away from that. If for no other, like, and I might think it's bad, right? I'm not going to say it's good when it's not. I'm just going to abstain from talking about the bad things. Um, just makes more sense. You know what I mean? Like, because it also ventures over into the, ter the territory of a lot of people are trying to get themselves over. Like they work for AEW or WWE. And I'm like, that's cool. You want to create this personality, but you shitting all over somebody like professionally ain't going to get you what you want. Like, like they remember that. That's the shit they take to heart. They don't care how you feel about them as people. They know, people know when they're bad people, <laughs> right? They know. Yeah. They don't care about that shit. If, if there's money to be made, if there is um, a story to get out there, they don't care how you feel about them, but don't don't shit on their ability to make their money now. That can be a problem. Yeah. Uh, my next question for you is, so like every content creator has their, like there's their short-term goals and all that, but what is a long-term goal for you? Like what is like just a, a, a long-term like, I have no fucking idea. No fucking idea. Cause what's crazy, like I I got this job uh with the ringer right after I got like a big raise at my regular job, right? And so it was like I was like, man, I got a little more money now. I'm gonna take care of these bills and I'm gonna start to work on X, Y, and Z, right? And then all of a sudden, like, 
I have two jobs. <laughs> so uh, the, the cool thing I'm able to do now is the stuff I've wanted to do with like myself and Travis, like I have the money to do it now. You know, I have the ability to pay people that have been making like content and creating who I thought haven't been getting treated fair by the people making it for them. And so like long-term is so tough, man, because I'm all of a sudden in a position I never thought I'd be in, you know? Um, like who's, uh, who's a long-term person you'd like to work with? Would, would that help? Would that make it easier uh, to answer? I mean, I'd love to talk to Bret Hart for two hours, right? Like, I'd love to do that. Like, I'm never going to get the chance to talk to Scott Hall like I wanted to talk to Scott Hall. I can't talk to Kurt Hennig like I wanted to talk to Kurt Hennig, right? But, like, so take somebody like The Rock, right? Wade did an interview with The Rock back in the late 90s. And this is before Rock is Rock. And so he's, but he's already very protective of the things he says and the way he says them and that. So like, I don't want to talk to the biggest star ever in wrestling. You know what I mean? Like what's weird is I can't think of who I can't talk to. Like I probably can't sit down with Roman, right? Like Roman's probably too busy for me, but everybody else is kind of in the wheelhouse or available. It's weird. Um, what I really want to do, and this is, it's not even in the long term, it's in the short term, because I've been working with uh, a producer at Viacom. I want to do like a show where it's like, like drink champs, but it's like brunch. And I'm just sitting down, kicking it with X personality. And we rock for hour, hour and a half or shorter and just, and just kick it and just talk, but not in a way where it's like interview, 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 but like, let's really get you across. Cause if you look at what I did with Rick, if you look at what I did with Dax, that's not about rest. Like, tell me about your match in 2005 and you know, is it outside? I'm talking about people, right? I'm trying to get people to understand people. I'm trying to push the idea of personality, the idea of conversation leading to understanding. Right. So yeah, man, um, I've been wanting to do a show like that for a while. And now like the capital and the time and the relationships are there. So long-term, man, I don't know. I want to be a good dad when it's time to be a good dad. Right. Uh, but professionally, like it's going the way it's supposed to. So I don't know, maybe we'll talk in a couple of months and I'll have something, but right now it's all building to what I want it to be. I always like at job interviews when they ask me that they're like, Oh, what's a long-term goal of yours? I always say, and it blows them out the water each time. I'm like, well, I don't set these five year goals or nothing like that. I set like monthly goals. And if those monthly goals go according, I'll be where I need to be in five years. Yeah. Yeah. Now they asked me at like, they asked me at my job. I was like, dog, I don't know. (laughs) know. It was, it was crazy. Like, um, so, you know, we, what's hard about it working in education one you get a raise every year two i got my promotion promotion the beginning of 2020 i want to say and so it's it's crazy so now there's like a third level to my job 
and the third level is like the highest level you can get to. Um, and I was like working toward it. I was like, yo, I'm going to go to this meeting. I'm going to go be a part of this club. I'm going to really like really put myself out there in the school and join a bunch of stuff and show them how serious I am about this last level. Man, I got another job paying me more money. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, y'all are going to have to be satisfied with what I'm doing. Like, it ain't enough hours in the day. And it's cool. My boss knows um, that I have the second job. My boss knows how much I make at the second job, too. But she's like, hey, we're going to get out of you what we can. You go do your thing. And it's fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, man, um, it's I have plans that I've put out there. And so long term, um, just a couple of ideas about this really becoming a visual thing, it being an on-site thing. I just want that to come to fruition right now. And I think everything else is going to take care of itself. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask whoever's in the space, if they have any questions or topics or whatever you want me and Cam to talk about, you can uh, go ahead and just put it in the comments of the original space post just to get you guys a little engaged. Because unfortunately, I don't got the resources to be able to let them join. And yeah, 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 yeah. We're- we're working with new technology. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's kind of rough, man. Um, but I tell you, like, as we're doing that, so you talk about goals, um, probably for WrestleMania weekend, um, I plan on booking like a podcast studio for the day and just rocking out. You know what I'm saying? Like, we going to be in there with a couple of bottles, um, we're going to have people like in there kicking it and just see who comes through and sits down to talk, man. Um, like we'll probably do it like the Tuesday or Wednesday of mania that week. Cause people are usually there for like a whole week. Right. So just have like a free, a free flowing thing, I think is going to be really fun. Um, I miss doing in-person podcasts with, video like really getting the feel for people really getting their live reactions and stuff i miss that um and it's so few and far between that we can do it now like i went to uh i went to an indie show thursday night that's why we couldn't do this on thursday um and you know my man stephen wolf his wife um Hyam was there uh uh luigi primo was there you know a bunch of different people and you know, we have really good conversations because we built those relationships, but it's like, man, I wish I could get y'all to sit down in a room and we just kick it, you know? Um, again, short term, I'm, I, I got, dang, you gave me to the end of the month. I just thought about that. So I'm doing uh, an article with Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It'll be my second one. We're doing something on uh, two of Booker T's students who have had this really good rivalry across the state and in the Southwest about how the rivalry came about, what they're competing for. So that's going to be in PWI. But I made a deal with Kevin, the editor, my man. I said, Kev, um, I will not charge you a rate for this story, but um, he has to let me have the story after it's published. And the reason being, we're going to put together like a five page e-zine 
with the article, but we're also going to have, um, there's an artist I'm really fond of who does like this amazing, uh, it's like amazing kind of 90s style uh, 16-bit box art. Like it's purely like art. It's not like pixels or anything, but it's got that aesthetic. So he's going to do something with the wrestlers where he's going to do a few pictures of them. He's also going to make like, uh, like we're going to make like bios of them, like height, where they're built from, accomplishments, like all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and we're going to sell it for like $10. So, um, you know, the wrestlers can get a little cut of that. Um, and I'm supposed to actually, I think I'm doing uh, the interview with Booker T. Um if not this week, next week. And so I might sneak and take that as a ringer article. Um, you know, I got bills. <laughs> so I might sneak and take that part of it and see if we can flip that into a full-fledged article. I think it'd be really fun. Um, but yeah, my, my long-term is tough, but man, once this thing took off, all the short-term stuff popped up. A lot of people want to work on a lot of things. And so I'm excited to do it. So we got a question. Lizzie Lucha asks, for Cam, what are your three dream interviews and why? Um, dream interviews, dream interviews. If we're talking specifically wrestling, um, Kurt Angle would be one of them. Um, just one of my favorites all time in the ring. I think that questions for Kurt Angle about competition, I don't think he gets enough of them. Um, and competition in competing with the Rocks, the Austins, um, what he felt about raising it up to another level during TNA. Like the competition is something I really want to ask Kurt Angle about because I don't know if there's anybody who's ever done this who's more competitive. Um, I think that as a long-term interview, as something that would be like, you got to break this down into five parts. Ray Mysterio, um, I just think that to call someone that accomplished underrated sounds cliche, but if you really look at, and I say this all the time, people look at me crazy. If you look at longevity, if you look at influence and you look at success, Ray Mysterio is one of the most influential, or one of the, like the greatest American wrestlers ever, if those are your barometers, right? And so I think that that's just an amazing like life to chronicle. Um, one of them uh, that's like, I got the iron in the fire of a Victoria. Uh, Victoria is like my first wrestling crush, right? And so I just feel like I'll be sheepish in an interview for the first time ever. But um, as far as being just underrated, underrated talent all time, a super important figure and somebody who is just gracious in a way that a lot of people aren't, uh, Victoria would be way up there. So off the top of my head, those are my three, um, Rey Mysterio, Kurt Angle, Victoria, um, in wrestling, like outside of wrestling, um, like Lorenz Tate, the actor, I think has had an amazing career. Uh, Randy Moss, uh, is way up there. Charles Woodson way up there. Um, I don't know if I'd have like any like politicians offhand. Um, that can be difficult. Um, 
maybe Stacey Abrams would be like a really great one. Al Pacino would be great. Um, so yeah, there, there are a few out there that I have that would be really uh, like all time benchmarks, but like Rey Mysterio, like in the immediacy wrestling is probably the one that I really want to do. We have another question by Nufi Hunter. He says, if you could manage a current day wrestler, any promotion, who would he pick? Um, manage one wrestler. Um, that's a really good question. Probably, probably Mellow. Um, and I know that like tricks. Tricks is heavy, I'd say, not his manager, right? But like me and Mello have had like conversations. Um, and you know, like uh not even big brother, little brother, but like the uncle you don't see too often, who might like give you ten dollars when he sees you, right? I think Mello, because like he's um, you know, that's young Shawn Michaels to me, man. And so knowing his trajectory, knowing what he can do, um, being like older guy around him, I think it would be really fun. So yeah, Carmelo Hayes, like on top of my head, would probably be like the guy I think of for sure. So have I, have I, I know I've said this on the pod, but have I ever told you the, like the pitch I had, I, I pitched it to a restaurant. I pitched it to Mike Outlaw one night for my uh, manager, like gimmick, I guess you could say. I think you did tell me this, but I let's, yeah, go again. I want to hear it. So I would be Jake the Mistake. And what I would do is I would come out through the curtain just like two or three seconds before the beat drops or something like that. Just like when the crowd usually gets fired up and then I would like slip and fall trying to get in the ring. I'd accidentally mess up like for uh, whoever I'm like helping, like whoever I'm supposed to be helping out, I'll mess it up for them on accident and just little stuff like that. And then like the end goal would be me taking a move or whatever. And I remember I sat here and I was telling out all this, and he just sat there and he was listening nice as hell about it. And he goes, okay, but when are you going to start training? And I was like, all right. Yeah. I mean, like you, you got it. You got it. That's a valid question. That's a valid question. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like I, ooh, I don't even know like what my gimmick would be. I'd be like, tell me what you want me to do. Yeah. I'm saying like, yeah, tell me, tell me what you think I should be doing. And I'd, and I'd sit on it, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about being me. Right. That, Cause the thing to avoid is like, I've seen way too much of Stokely and I've talked to Stokely. Like I've had too many conversations with him. Like my whole thing would be avoid what he's doing, avoid what he's doing. Like, so I'd be on eggshells the whole time. Cause like, that's how I see like an exaggerated version of myself. Um, but yeah, I probably, I just want to sit back and, and, and I take a move, you know, I take a move or two. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't know what I would do like in character. Yeah. Freddie faded asks, Question for the bowler Cam. What are your thoughts on Brian Keith and Mysterious Q? I love Brian Keith. Um, if for no other reason than like he's the first Swisher House wrestler. Like as as somebody who was in high school in the early 2000s, like you don't and being from Texas, like and being like a man, I can't explain to you like the role that like Swisher House and screw music played in my upbringing. It, it's one of the most important things in like forming a young black man from Texas, right? And so like Swish House extending into wrestler and Brian Keith, like being a, 
a, a wrestling bounty hunter, like sponsored by Swisher House. It's amazing. Like he's all the things you would have wanted to be. He's all the things I would have wanted to be 20 years ago. Like it's amazing, right? Um, Mysterious Q, great wrestler, great look. Um, and he's like, you know, he's too handsome to have a mask on, but they put a mask on him anyway. Like, like he's going to get picked up and he's going to be a star somewhere. So I think both of them are fantastic. Absolutely. Next question is the first non-wrestling question. King Nate asks, who is your favorite musical artist and why? Um, it, It's cheating. It's Outkast, right? Um, Outkast is just like, dare to be different. You know, um, dare to be different, dare to be original. I think one thing that, you know, you talk about, I hate when you go to like a job interview and they're like, so what are your, what are your bad qualities? Right. Um, but they ask you your good qualities. You try to be humble. I think the good quality that I see in myself is like, I'm good in any room and I'm only being me. I don't change up who I am depending on who I'm around. And I think people appreciate that. Like, I'm not hood dude. I'm not street dude. I'm, I'm just Cam who likes his comic books and likes his sci-fi, but also likes women and likes to lift weights and <laughs> likes Jordans. You know what I mean? So I feel like I'm good in every room. And that's what I loved about Outcasts. Like as different as they were, as different as the subject matter was, they didn't compromise and they still got their accolades, you know? Um, and the music is just flawless. Like Equimini is one of my absolute favorite albums ever. Um, yeah, Outcast is my favorite, definitely my favorite pairing, but my favorite group because um, they made being different cool and they didn't have to sacrifice ability or go with gimmicks to make it. They were living like themselves every day. So absolutely Outcast for sure. All right, all right. This next question, we were talking about how, watch what we say about people, mm-hmm. uh, but somebody asked, what are your what is your honest thoughts on wrestling and i cannot pronounce the last name otaku wrestling otaku uh so yeah um my honest thoughts wasted opportunity man like he has he's like 2500 youtube followers right while that's not a big number it's a hard number to get you know like you got to crack that algorithm um, and you have to produce a lot of content. I think that someone who is, you got to preface it by saying you're not being insulting, right? He is a, he's a heavy set guy who's not super concerned with his appearance, who does his videos on a phone in his grandmother's house who is not afraid to be abrasive, isn't afraid to only argue one side and will talk you to death about why why he's right and you're wrong, right? Like DDP said, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Like, I see that, and I'm like, yo, this is something where you put a few dollars behind it, you take some pointers, and you can really have something, right? But he he can't turn it off. That's my tough thing. Like, 
it's not a gimmick. And damn, I wish it was a gimmick because we can market this thing. Like there's a million people on the internet who don't watch what they eat, don't care how they dress, don't go to the barbershop and sit in their mom house all day talking bullshit. Ain't a whole lot of them that has the attention that he does, though, especially in wrestling, right? So I was like, damn, you got a real opportunity if you just listen, but man, he think he know what he's doing. And like, he does not understand what I did for him. And I don't, I wouldn't want nobody taking credit for all my success unless I owed him credit for my success, then I would listen. But you know, my honest opinion is he's going to be exactly where he is until he starts to take some advice. And it sucks because like you and I talk, like I'm not, I would never ask you to compromise what you do, but damn, if you woke up with 2,500 YouTube followers, I bet you would be like, look what I got, Cam, let's make something shake. And we would go from there. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, you, you got to let people do what they want to do. That's a grown man. That's a 30 year old man. So, you know, if, if he's good with where he wants to be, that's great. But I listen to people more successful than me about what I can do to be successful, especially when they give me the advice without me asking them. You were talking about how YouTube in the 2,500 subscribers, that like YouTube is probably one of the hardest platforms to get like Mm -hmm. followers on because anybody can, like I probably, I watch a ton of YouTubers, but I don't subscribe to them. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're like, oh, that video was dope. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then you go from there, you know? So again, my man, he has something. And it's like, but but one of the things about success is if you feel like you did it on your own, you, a lot of people in that position would just keep doing what they're doing. You know, that's, that's people, you know, he's not doing anything other people don't do, you know, but it's just like, damn, you see it right there and you know what it can be. And it's just like, "Mm, wasted opportunity, man. Like, look, I was like, I wanted to start small, be like, look, I see the phone that you record off of. Phones ain't cheap, right? Everybody ain't got, everybody ain't got money, especially in 2002. Like, I think he works part-time, right? So in my mind, let's say you work part-time. Let's say you make $25,000 a year just to have a number, right? I know the state that he lives in. I know what stuff costs. And so I'm like, look, he probably don't got the money to have uh, a phone from the last three, four years, right? I was like, well, shit, I'm about to upgrade mine. I take my stuff off. I'll throw homie the phone in the mail. All of a sudden, he got a better recording device. If nothing else, your videos went from kind of a standard definition to HD right there, right? Boom. And like, I don't got no problem doing that. Cause I'm like, look, one, I like watching your content. So shit, if I can help improve on that, why wouldn't I do it? Right. But you know, like man don't want to listen. So man going to be where he is, you know? And even like at this point, if he were to reach out and be like, look, I want to make something shake. I would still do it. If for no other reason, I want to watch this shit. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
yeah, man, like he has something. He knows he has something, but he is not willing to look at all the factors that got him where he is. And can it still work for him? Absolutely, but he's making it hard on himself. No, most definitely. Uh, so what was the, because you guys were beefing or he was beefing with you. I don't know if you were beefing with him. Where did yeah. that all stem from? It wasn't beef. Like the first video I saw him was him talking about 10 reason women are trash. And like, I shared that and it blew up, right? And so I would make like little jokes here and there, but I would literally tell him, I'm a fan dog. Like I subscribed, I hit like on all your shit. Like I like what you're doing. Um, but I think that when you're somebody who doesn't interact with people a whole lot in real life, even people joking with you can be taken as them slighting you, right? And so I don't think, I think he didn't understand what to do with the interaction, you know? And so he would like, basically it got to the point where he was like, why do you think you did something for me when I built this on my own? Yeah, it was a lot of that. It was, I'm not even saying like, it was like an inferiority thing. It was just like, again, not used to that level of interaction. And so, I mean, when you don't kick it with people in real life, kicking it don't make sense to you, you know? So I, I think it was that. I think he thought I was trying to take credit for what he was doing. And I'm like, no, it's just, if somebody with literally, you know, 10, 15 times the amount of followers as me is like, yo, I like what you're doing. Let's make something shake. I would just go with that. I think he's protective over his content. And so, you know, that turned into insults and all kinds of stuff. And then it got to a conversation about, uh, people there are people who don't care about wrestling who don't have passion for wrestling that are making money in wrestling and I don't like that and it's like I really took offense to it because like you you don't get to question if I care like he took he took umbrage to the idea that I was talking about wrestlers can't always be expected to be rational because they go out there in their underwear and do what they can to make people cheer. And he took that as me like disrespecting the business. Like, no, I'm, I'm being quite literal about how this thing works and how your brain is going to function based on that. Right. And so, yeah, I just think that he's one of those people who he's a gatekeeper. You know what I mean? I love this thing. I love these people and I'm not, getting X amount of dollars and I don't get to hang out with the wrestlers because of it. When in actuality, the fact that you feel like that is why you don't have it. <laughs> Cause you're not cool. Like you, you can't function in a room in a way that would make people want to be forthcoming to you, you know? So, you know, maybe he'll figure it out. Maybe he won't, but the beef is over what's going on versus what he thinks he deserves. And I'm telling him how to get what he thinks he deserves. And you know, you don't want to listen. So good luck. Yeah. And then the last question I usually ask be, but you've given a lot. The question I have instead is what's the best piece of advice somebody's given you? 
Um, the best piece of advice I've gotten, my man Sparks, um, who I'm going to text him after this. Um, I'll probably call him. My man Sparks, um, he started Rassle Rap, him and Kaz. And, you know, he helps produce Renee's podcast. Um, he helps with producing AEW Dark, um, has the, the best head of hair you've ever seen. Um, think big is really what he tells me. It's think big. It, it's do not feel like your vision can't come to fruition. You have to plan for it, but plan for it to be successful and create what you want to create because fun secret, that's not really a secret. I think he said Rassel Rap never really made money, right? For a time, the most popular urban style wrestling podcast at the very least, absolutely the coolest wrestling podcast in the whole world for a very long time. But because it was so successful is why they got offered a bunch of money in WWE, right? So think big and make the content you want to make because if people fuck with it, the money's out there. If people fuck with it, but people ain't going to fuck with you being fake. They're just not like you're way better off making what you want to make than you are making what you think is going to work because people see through that. Because a lot of times what you think is going to work is what everybody else is doing because they think the same. Make what you want to the best of the ability that you can make it and that's what's going to be successful. Like take advice. I'm not saying make the wildest shit that you can, but aesthetically, artistically, make what you want to make because that's what's going to attract people. That's what's going to draw people. Most definitely. And then is there, uh, do you want to let the people know where they can find you on social media? Uh, you have a podcast also, if you have any merch, any of that stuff. Absolutely, man. Uh, social media, Seahawk. If, if you're listening on Twitter, you know exactly where to find me, right? Seahawk, C-E-E-H-A-W-K, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can, let's see. If you have recommendations for people you want me to interview or you think would be interesting to talk to, you can send that to South Congress with a K, southcongress at gmail.com. Um, you can find me on theringer.com. Just search the name Cameron Hawkins. You can subscribe to my RSS feed of my writing. Um, South Congress podcast with the K available on all podcast platforms. And if you have a podcast, if you have an article, if you have a blog, if you have a stream that you want critiqued for absolutely free, Creators Corner HQ. Creators Corner HQ at gmail.com. All right. And then is there anything else you want to get off your chest? Say anything before we get off of here? Hey, man. Love yourself. Love your people. Take care of each other. Uh, do what you can to the best of your ability. Do not let these people on social media who aren't real people derail you from getting to your success and getting to your money because they'll absolutely try. Um, 
and stay true to you. Stay true to you. The things you want to happen will happen. I love it. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. You can leave one star, five stars, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I don't give a damn. Uh, you can listen or follow me on Twitter at your boy Squints at a man in his pod. Uh, that's all. I keep on saying I'm going to do TikTok, but I keep on, I keep on forgetting. I need somebody uh, to teach me how to do TikTok. Shout out to the professor. Somebody teach me. TikTok is difficult, but that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Uh, those that listen on Spaces. Thank you for chiming in and staying your stuff. Peace. All right.